Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Everybody, welcome to episode 214 of Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Uh, I forgot to hit some buttons, so <laughs> that's how this episode's going to start. Mike, apparently, uh, Jeff's not pushing buttons in practice. Uh, he called himself out in the post-game pre- press conferences from yesterday. So I'm okay. If I'm screwing up a podcast, that's fine. Jeff apparently is screwing up a whole franchise. So we got to, we'll talk about that in a minute. There's a teaser. That's how you get an episode rolling. Everybody's like, no way. Red Wings Rand is going to be putting Jeff's toesies to the fire, to the coals. Maybe. I don't Maybe. know. Hang around. Maybe, Maybe listen. Maybe. Uh, so yeah, last night was a hell of a game. Mike, I think we go high level and then we'll dig deep. Because that's how the earth works. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of space out there, man. A lot of atmosphere. Yeah, let's start really high this level. Is, this is when the new listeners decide if they're ready for another half hour to 90 minutes of this garbage. Um, Mike! <laughs> the, the Is that your high level, Matt? <laughs> Falsetto level down yeah. to the, the doldrums. Mike! I, I think it was my... Um, Oh man, I can't remember the actor's name or the character right now. Uh he is friends with Steve Martin. He's short. Martin Short. Thank you. His first Gosh. name's Martin. His last name's Short. Can't figure it out. <laughs> what was what's the character he did? The big fat guy that interviewed people. Oh, uh Click. Jiminy Click. There Jiminy we go. Click, yeah. Mike! I wanted to ask you, how did you like the game last night? Night. <laughs> oh, boy. Somebody's been on a Martin Short rabbit hole run down on YouTube. Huh? <laughs> a lot of ghouls were scored last night. A lot of them at the Red Wings' expense, but was it still entertaining for you as a Red Wings fan? Um, I, so I, I, I threw it out there on Twitter last night, and I, I said, uh, at the, and I should have added this, but I'll expand on it in case anybody from Twitter is listening. But 
I I prefer last night. I prefer last night to a two to one win where Carter Rowney gets an accidental tip in goal off his teeth. And then we're like, ah, oh, man, if only Zadina, one of his rips had gone, you know, not six feet wide, it, it would have been two to two and we could have stole one in overtime. Like, give me seven to two. Red Wings come screaming back to make it eight to seven. And sure, we lose in the end. But that five goals, that was fun. That that was... Uh... Can I say, yeah, I feel like you learn more in a game like that than you do in a two-to-one game. Uh, because the two-to-one game, that's all we got last year uh, when we right. were, you know, a, a cellar-dweller team. And it, it, for me, it wasn't even an actual hockey game. Um, some will argue last night wasn't an actual hockey game. Uh, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't actual hockey last season because we just purposefully limited chances. And so you were kind of inflating, wow, maybe this defense isn't so bad. And it's like, yeah, but we're not even playing the game. It's like right. we're just turtling to make sure there's no scoring chances for either team. That's not we that's not hockey. Throw, throw the puck. Once you get past, uh, you know, once you get past center ice, throw the puck in deep. All five guys scream back to your own, own side of the rink. So this was a little bit on the other side where we just totally right. opened it up and nobody played any defense. And my God, was it entertaining? Um, especially when we had that, was it four goals in a row to get it back to seven to six? Yes. Yeah. It was like six to one then seven to one or seven to two. And then we got it all the way back to seven to six and then Toronto started scoring again. But, um, I think it does a couple things, Matt. It lets, uh, lets you kind of see what are the, what do we look like when we don't give a damn about defense and see what this looks like, you know, and we're almost at Toronto's level. We almost got 10. We're only a field goal away. Uh, look pretty promising. And then additionally, Matt, um, we know how these voters work uh, when it comes to voting for that beloved uh, Calder trophy. And if we can keep padding those numbers for Lucas Raymond, bring that trophy home to Detroit. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to be uh, too upset about that. I had I had this scheduled for later in the episode. And quick shout out. Craig, how you doing? Yeah. Craig's here. Uh, he did throw out there. It was entertaining. Um, you know what? Let's. I just want to throw out there to to my point to bringing this up yeah. um, and and to Craig thrown out there. I'm glad you threw that out there, Craig, because I was just going to completely go. All right, next subject. But my my whole point is like Mike, you're you're making you're making exactly like the same thoughts that were rolling through my head last night while I had some pushback on watching a game like that last night and people rather would rather see good defense and good offense and good goaltending. And sure, but we can't offer that right now. So <laughs> you either get, the, like you said, the coaching strategy that we had last year from Jeffy Boy to get us as many wins as possible uh, and to keep us in as many games as possible. Because uh, think about how, how short, like literally shorthanded, not like from a penalty kill perspective, but how shorthanded we were all year, like including – having Dylan Larkin, who wasn't healthy last year. Um, so you had you had those issues all season. I, I was looking at a lineup from last season that we we shared on Twitter. And the first the first line was like uh Robbie Fabry and Ernie and um Ooh. Mantha was out, Larkin was out. Gosh, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it was one of those where I was like, wow, that'd be an okay third line this year. And that was the team we were rolling out last year. So <clears throat> to, to that end, I agree that 
clearly we'd love every game to look like the Tampa Bay Lightning. But I think to 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 the point where I was earlier saying I should have added this to my tweet. But while we're in this stage of the rebuild and we see some guys that we want to, you know, get close, you know, get some some publicity, uh, which is silly sometimes to think about. But, you know, we need something. So you get a couple of points from Cider. You get a huge game from Lucas Raymond. Um, and and to that end, you know, let's try and get a couple more votes for the end of the season so we can have some fun and celebrate the Calder Trophy. Uh, but like I we weren't supposed to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? So let's pick the one that's I, more let's, fun. Let's put it. So, let's phrase it this way. Okay, so I think we're on a consensus uh, through one comment and what you and I are saying to each other that obviously, as a fan, as a viewer, yeah. it's a more entertaining product. Is it a better developmental game? for them to lose a defensive struggle two to one or three to two, or to go through that where you're trying to figure out uh, what kind of, what kind of skill do we actually have on this team? Can we compete with, you know, the upper echelon as far as offense is concerned? So we agree it's entertaining. Does it still work in a developmental sense um, to have a game like that? Because I'm sure it felt uh, like uh, he was playing in developmental uh, when the Delkovich got pulled and then re-enter the game later in the third, only to give up two more goals. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like from that perspective, I can I, I know what you're saying, and and like uh, you know, a lot of our goals in that third period, it's not like we were just lining them, lining them up like uh, Mitch Marner throwing them out there. But there were there were a lot of lucky bounces for Toronto too. Um, so I guess it was nice to see that sometimes it can bounce our way. I, I don't know. Like, to what are the clear takeaways from that game or that you can, you know, I, I guess there there is some semblance of offense, but there's definitely fight. So that that's the development side of it, right? Like, they're, they're, they didn't give up. So if Steve's trying to judge these guys, and I, I did see for some reason that was starting to gain ground the other day on Twitter was that we, we don't fight hard anymore. I don't think that's been the case all season. Right? Like, I, I thought the, the whole identity we had built as a Red Wings uh, team this year was that the, the fight, like, we never give up. So people were, were coming up with new reasons to get rid of Blash midseason, which we'll talk about other reasons in a second. But I, I don't think... I don't think we could start there. There's any connection to that. I think every third period has been a fight. Uh, it's, you know, uh, there's lapses just like every team, but this, this team seems to have a lot of character and they, they seem to have, you know, uh, if they're not fighting for the win, they're at least fighting for each other. So I, huh, I, I guess there's that, there's that confirmation that that still is there. Um, but I guess from the developmental side to finally answer your question, like I'm struggling to find something that you pull away from that game. You know, like, it's not like we were questioning Lucas Raymond and his ability. Could he put in three points in one night? Yeah. We already knew that. So it's, it's just like from a defensive game where you limit and you called it fake hockey bef before, because you're not, you're just trying to disguise everything that, you know, is a deficiency on the team when you play the way we played last year. <sighs> um, 
I don't know. We we made the case all last season, though, like we were trying to build guys into knowing what like playoff hockey would feel like, where sometimes it is a little boring and you don't get games like this in the playoffs too often. You get more games like last season where you're trying to scratch and claw to get the second goal or even the first goal. And then you just cross your fingers and get to the end of the game that nobody else has snuck one in. Um, you're not really playing this game of like, oops, whoops, six goals snuck in and <laughs> we got to play catch up. So I think it's, it's, I think there is something to gain from either side. So uh, I don't know. I think that I, the problem I, I, is that. I will say, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to say that I'm allowed to say that. I don't know. I'm going to say that, uh. As far as development goes, I don't I don't know if there's a lot. Because um, this is not the first time we've gotten blown out by Toronto. Um, so essentially we've let the Maple Leafs um, kind of dictate the play where it is more offensively oriented. Um, it's more up and down the ice. And they are happy to play that way because they know they have more skill guys. And as the goals start coming in, they know that they're probably going to be on the you know positive side of that. Um, Good question. So I think, over, by the way. Because you can, we can both speak to that. Because you were there. I was there just uh, a couple hours before that game started, when it was a basketball floor. So yeah, Silver thirty three forty four put out there. Uh, was it the pucks or the ice? Something seemed wonky. Because the bounce again, we were talking about the bounces a second ago. Um, Mike, they had to they had a basketball game earlier that day, and then they had to put the ice rink together for the rest of it. So I think that. Definitely comes into play for all of this, where we talk about last year being fake hockey. Was this whole game just fake hockey because we didn't have an actual rink that we were playing on? It was just some some fake ice rink that only had a couple hours uh, between not being a rink and being a full rink. Um, so that's a great point. Uh, that's something we can't forget. So maybe there's nothing to take from these games, but just some fun and entertainment. Um but we're still going to have fun with it, right? Because uh, actually, we're going to start with zero fun, Mike. Um, I don't know why I did this. But, you know, Ned gets pulled. Yeah. I think I looked these stats up because, uh, you know, I, th I think it's easy to say, like, when when any success Ned is having, like, we can go to that expected or the goal saved above expected and kind of confirm, all right, he's he's in the positive. He's supposed to be giving up this many goals. And he's been, he actually, you know, continues to be in the positive is what we kept saying through January. And I think you know where I'm going with this. I'm kind of leading the witness here. Uh, <laughs> so I want to stick to that stat. That's what we're going to focus on when I pull this up here in a second. Uh, because I do think not only has Ned been struggling statistically, but I think from an eyeball test too, I think some weaker goals have been getting past him. So to uh, Silver's point, was the ice BS last night? Uh, let's take that out of the equation. We'll just talk about every game before that. And Nadalkovich, Mike, is now uh, from January 25th to February 25th. You got a whole month of hockey there. 300 minutes, he's on the ice. It's an 85 save percentage. But like I said, let's focus on the stat we've talked about all season to say like, wow, Nadalkovich needs rookie of the year consideration because he gets lit up every night and still walks away with giving up less goals than what was expected. He now is between uh, 
Pickard, who got he got two games, hundred minutes total. Uh, Grice finally came back. He's three games in. Clearly behind the eight ball here. Could be the workload. Um, that definitely is something that comes into play. But this this is certainly taking a step back with the save percentage again being eighty eighty five percent. The the goals saved above expected is negative eight point one three, meaning he's given up eight more goals than he should have. So we're kind of taking out of the equation like, all right, this defense is terrible. We know Ned's going to give up a lot of goals this season compared to every goaltender. But you can take a look. Goals saved above average. Um, That's negative 4.82. So you're comparing them across the league. But then when you take into consideration this defense, it's negative 8.13. So it has really taken a dive. And I think we can feel that in the results. And of course, like I said, we took out last night's game. Boom. Don't have to worry about it. However, still pulled those stats, Mike. Last night, Ned added a negative 3.53 to that. So including last night's game, he's at negative 11. Um, not great, Bob. <clears throat> it's uh, Grice. We know. We've been making fun of him. We do hope there's somebody that sees something and wants to wants to pick up Gricer there. Um you know, I mean, we could play this game too. We just mentioned, you know, the, the previous slide here just goes from January 25th to February 25th. And Grice is at 2.37 in the positive. Goals saved above expected. It's in the positive. So he's saved two more goals than what should have gone in. Uh, but that is now in the negative after last night with a negative 3.28. So both goalies played played pretty terrible last night. Um, Ned was getting some. Um, how do I want to put this? He was getting more support than Grice last night, which I think was earned uh, between October to January. But these numbers from January 25th to February 25th are kind of showing that maybe uh, the amount of, of playtime is just getting to Ned. We know last year was 25 games total. Um, that could certainly be the case. It could be the case that, uh, you know, Grice was out. So maybe, you know, more pressure uh, on Ned, even though you can see right here over that month, uh, like the stats are showing here, it's a, that's 11 games played. Five went to other guys, six went to Ned. So it's, it's still kind of 50, 50. So Ned wasn't necessarily like overburdened with work and the stats are still kind of showing this. This has been a little bit of a dip, a little bit of a dip for Ned. Not uh, not anything I'm like worried about. Nothing I'm I'm writing him off or anything like that. But certainly, where we 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 could watch Ned play and say, "Holy crap, this guy's making the difference." This is how we're going to find wins, even when we can't score. Clearly, um, hasn't hasn't necessarily been the case with this dip. So I I, I I don't know if you want to touch on that, Mike. I mean, we're just talking raw data here, so it's not like. You know, it, it, it does actually pass the eyeball test, in my opinion, but uh, a little scary here. Not not the most fun table I think we've ever pulled up. Yeah, I mean, the, the stats uh, don't really make your heart swell with, uh, you know, pride and joy over what this, you know, Red Wing team is accomplishing this season. And they've still accomplished things, right? We could still tell that they're on the way to competency. Um, and eventually, you know, maybe a couple guys in the top six and, maybe about four more defensemen. <laughs> we'll have a team that we think is ready to win playoff games. Um, but I mean, if you're looking at the past month, I mean, 
there's a there's some rough blowouts out there. Um, you know, I'm looking at you, Boston, five to one. Um, you know, I'm looking at you, Kings, losing four to zero. Um, I'm looking at Nashville losing four to one. Um, there's a different Toronto game where we lost by three goals. There's a Chicago game where we lost by three goals. Um, and I mean, like bad. You know, I mean, we're giving up eight to five. That was a seven to four game. Um, and it's obviously, you know, the goaltending is, has not been uh, super impressive, but I, I mean, if you're, if you're having all these like multiple games, you're giving up five, you're giving up seven, you're giving up, you know, six, you're giving up five, you're giving up 10. Um, you know, your, your goalie stats are going to look pretty rough. So I don't, I think as a, if you're looking at the stats, like you are, um, you're concerned for Nadelkovic. Um, but I mean, we already know that he hasn't really had a season where he's had, you know, he like, we know he's still in the running to win the Calder, uh, because of, you know, how few games he's played. So this is the first time that he's really been leaned on to play an, you know, an entire season. So he's kind of right at that time where it's uh rookie wall time, um, where you don't maybe don't quite have the, um, like bodily stamina, like you haven't, you know, quite developed the game to game callus yet, you know, to, to be that full-time goalie. So I, it's, you know, it doesn't make me feel great, but I'm not, you know, concerned about Nadelkovic. I, I think when he's, you know, been hot, when he's, you know, had some, proper rest um in between games um i think he's he's you know been more than much more than just adequate um and i mean this is a pretty tough spell for the red wings um if you're going to look at this sample size about about 15 games in the last month um you know with the colorados the torontos um the minnesotas um and for whatever reason chicago just keeps having our having our number um so it's something to something to you know monitor but i don't it's not like it's panic any or anything it's it's almost to be expected at this point uh, with this schedule um with what we're asking of nadelkovich and his his first rookie year um i'm i'm still okay with this yeah and and, uh you know to your point in the rookie wall uh last season as we all know it was 23 games played and that's how he was still eligible for uh the calder this year that 932 save percentage 1.9 goals against average um this year he's at 37 games so let's say everything's all square and even and he's going to split the season with grice i mean he's at 37 games now so that would mean he only gets four more games this year I'm just I'm having fun. So anybody listening is going like Dozo. no no no. I'm just saying if everything was square and even and Grice was having an amazing year and we had to split all these games 50 50, uh, there was no COVID break for Grice. All, all that thrown together that would mean that there were only four more games left. So so uh, as a you know a guy who's been a career backup uh, and has spent a lot of time in in the, in the AHL before this, I mean couple of 50 game seasons in the AHL. He's even coming up on what will be the most games he's ever played in his career in another 13 games. So 14, sorry, 14 games. Um, so yeah, this is, this is clearly, I think to your point is, is probably where our head needs to be at. This is the most he's been tested his entire career and uh, it shows. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. 
New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. You could still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone could play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and over, minimum age, and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789 in Connecticut. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in new york call 8778 or text h-o-p-e-n-y all right uh moving right along mike uh with all the woes a lot of happiness uh in the red wings lineup um i don't know you know well, yeah, let's do this. Let's talk about these point streaks for a second here. Um, actually have these in the wrong order because I want to talk about our boy Dylan. His nine-game point streak, Mike. 17 points in those nine games. Uh, I mean, how many How many of these nine are actually multi-point games, which is crazy, too, where it's not just like he's dinking and dunking, you know, secondary assists here and there. But uh, I, think it's, I think it's six out of these nine games are multi-point. Uh, it's it's just been an insane run for Dylan. Um, and to think just the one assist last night, like we didn't get a crazy, like Dylan's just going to take over, which we know he's even going through an injury right now. Uh, but I, I, I can't, I can't stop praising Dylan. I know it's funny. We just spent the last episode talking about, or maybe two episodes ago, um, that, you know, if this, if this whole season turned around at this point, uh, you'd have, you'd have to consider Dylan, uh, for some hardware, but, um, yeah, it's, I mean, at this point, I think we watched last night's game and we know we have Carolina coming up Tampa after that. Uh, we just <laughs> went up against Colorado. So things, you know, might not turn in that direction. Uh, but you know, it was, it's still, I think the idea still lands like, uh, it's been that good of a season that impressive. And, uh, it's just another shout out that, uh, Dylan just keeps it rolling. Uh, but we also have, uh, Mo Sider's got six game point streak going, 10 points, one goal, nine assists, another two assists last night against Toronto. Mike, that brings us to our rookie conversation. Um, what do you want to give your rank right now? Because uh, I, I, I got to say, if you're not if you're not in line right now with Mo Sider winning the Calder, I, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with you, but Mike, Mo's on that six game point streak. But Raymond yeah. now has 42 points. Uh, Zegras is no longer in second place. Uh, Michael Bunting, of course, with his five-point night, is now in second place behind Lucas Raymond uh, with 40 points. Uh, but then you've got Moritz Sider leading all rookies and assists with 34 at this point. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, you still got Anton Lundell around. You've got Ned leading all rookie goaltenders and wins, which I... 
I think we just gave enough of uh, enough evidence to say that there's been enough of a, a, a dip downwards that this might be right. out of uh, reach for Ned. But um, yeah, well, where, where are you, you know, uh, I'm not going to count Michael Bunting. I don't think that's fair. He got to pad the stats against the Red Wings. You know, he's on the coattails of you know um, Marner Mitch Marner in Toronto. Man. Nah, I'm not giving it to Bunting. I, I still think this is going to be between you know Raymond Cider and Zegras. So I, can I? The only way Z, the only way Bunting wins is if you know the the, the voters are all coming from Canada. Yeah, I, which, I I think clearly there's a bias. Which they could I, be. I, this scares me to be honest. The uh, Bunting now leading all rookies in goals. He's got 18. Um, Janat from Nashville, 18, uh, and then Lucas at 15 right now. And that's with Lucas getting a couple. Thought thought maybe Lucas was getting a hat trick last night, but uh, watch the replay of that Heronic goal. Actually, did this actually, stay with Heronic. But I'll, um, I'll say the stats actually make me feel better about Cider having a stronger chance. Uh, because if he's up there and leading NHL rookies and assists, um, you know, he's up there for points. Um, and we know what a what an incredible um like video resume he has of you know crazy penalty kills that he runs by himself or <laughs> um his his thinking man assists where he's bouncing purposefully bouncing pucks off goaltender leg pads uh to set up uh crash goals uh for his buddies um he makes so many smart plays i feel like the the national perspective you know we talked about it i think an episode or two ago um is really starting to recognize him and give him um a little bit more of the limelight uh, when they, you know, just do these little, you know, updates on the award races, you know, in passing. So it feels like the narrative's starting to build for him, um, where he is, you know, this huge power hitting defenseman. He's on the stat sheet with assists, so you can still, you know, you don't have that crutch to say, well, you know, maybe maybe if he'd scored a little bit more. So if he's scoring, he's making smart plays. He's he's making you know big checks. And then you just kind of have three interchangeable, you know, skilled offensive players um, in Bunting, Zegris, and Raven. Ah, that narrative, I think, for Cider is starting to get stronger, Matt. Well, here's, uh, I thought I'd bring up the replay here for anybody who missed it. You guys are watching on YouTube. Um, this is uh, Raven making it uh, eight to seven, about 40 seconds after Toronto made it eight to six, and we thought the game was over. Love the Selly, by the way. Uh, from Lucas uh, going in and slamming into the gra- glass. Oh no! I shared the audio. Oh, we just got canceled. Damn it! Oh my god! Turn All that right, audio off. Cue this right. up again. Um, Mike, does this does this do anything? Is this TikToky? Let me let me blow this up a little bit. I got I got two replays I stole last night from uh, good old Bally Sports. Um, does this do anything for you? That- uh, let's hit play and we'll see if it does anything for me. Just a. Little bouncing ripper. Uh, back to silver 3344's point. Uh, quite a knuckleball. <laughs> I think this was uh, Mrazic at this point. Um, yeah. Yep. Classic Mrazic, um, by the way. Uh, <laughs> can't forget that full head turn. What? Oh man. Um. <laughs> yeah, it was a. I mean, it was a. It was a pretty cool moment. Um, I still think that the resume is stronger for cider at this point. Um, I think he's, I think he's starting to get an advantage over the field, especially as his point streak continues. Um, and we still have these crazy highlights of him doing one man penalty kills. And for some reason, um, he is the Kilimanjaro 
where people keep trying to um, ascend the mountain only to be felled uh, by its its icy cold shoulder. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am getting confused as to why uh, folks keep trying that. I, I don't understand the let's run at Cider because he had another one last night. I don't have that queued up, but um, we have another topic we're going to talk about, Mike. Is, is an icer plant a real thing? Uh, because I will show you this. And we can see Ernie clearly ready. So to you're saying us. this uh, kind of tongue in cheek. Um, you're essentially saying there's somebody on the team trying to make sure we don't win. Yeah. So we can get good draft position. Exactly. Um, right. Let's, uh, if we put this uh, kind of rolling in, in real time here, Rowney just scored. Look at that reaction. Can I, can, can we, what is this? Look at that. He's almost ready to like look up at the sky after that. As if, as if Rowney, as if he was trying to tip it outside of the net and he failed. What What's going on here? What is the celebration? That what is in the God's look, name? That is the look of the second shooter on the grassy knoll of Kevin Costner's JFK. Because he does not look happy about what he just did. Um, as far as... got us rolling. As far as somebody uh, being a plant... Um, I mean, it definitely looks like they're trying to give him more ice time to not score. Um, and he's, he's undoing Iserman's hard work, his handpicked <laughs> soldier to be out there to, uh, you know, make sure the team doesn't perform too well. Um, and he's, he's probably going to get in trouble for that. I think Silver's on board. He gave us a nice hearty laugh. Uh, I appreciate it. Silver. I, it's one of those things too, where. I watch. We watched that game last night. I I think I think there was a reason. You know, there was um, forget what number goal it was. If it was uh, eight or nine, uh, but we were all waiting for Jeff to challenge on goaltender interference. And I think we did end up seeing like the puck bouncing off Lindstrom, and then we were like, oh, okay, so maybe Jeff saw that, and that's why he didn't. Uh, that's why he didn't challenge. But that also kind of felt like this team just scored five goals. To make it a one goal game, Jeff, can you can you please, for the love of God, challenge this and review it so maybe we could keep it a one goal game and it's not a two goal game? And uh, you know, it it didn't happen. Um, but that's where that whole idea, like I'm I'm already <laughs> dragging Rowney uh, through the dirt because he looked like an Iser plant. But what's up with the not challenging when this team is playing their guts out? Plant. <laughs> Throwing, throwing everything onto the ice to try and catch up. Throwing every puck at the net. And then we have clearly a play that should be reviewed one more time. And and sure, they showed later, might have bounced off Lindstrom. Jeff might have seen that. Fine. But let's let's just give it a shot. Throw throw the, you know, the fake yell at the ref. You know, throw the fake challenge flag. Make them look at it again. Let's do everything we can. Um, because Mike, I, I think. That Iser plant conversation is was key to our our initial uh, season here of Red Wings rant. It was before we we were even called Red Wings rant. We were talking about Iser plants, like who's sticking around so that we can keep losing. That's when we looked to old Jimmy Howard helping us. <laughs> lose it's so weird, game. you know. How did Danny DeKaiser become an alternate captain when he should have been outright released? So <laughs> weird. I can't figure it out. There he is again on another shift in a Toronto game. It's so weird. I don't get it. But yeah, so. to continue um, this conversation, I think 
uh, it's one of those things. We've got a couple of comments from Jeff last night, and I think we can have some fun with this. But also, oh, excuse me. But also, uh, like, what the heck are we doing, Jeff? Um, and and we, Mike, are not as critical as everyone else. Everybody else last night, super angry that uh, Carter Rowney was on the ice for any moment. Um, of course, forgetting that Jeff has very few options and clearly Mitch Marner did not care who was on the ice when he was putting it in the back of the net. So I, I, you know, those, those are the kinds of things where I'm like, all right, I'm not going to be hypercritical of two lines getting lined up against each other for 30 seconds. And a puck that bounces off a skate goes in the back of the net. Um, I'm not going to get too upset about that, but Mike, these are the things I think we can get upset about not challenging, the flip-flopping of goaltenders, I think once you do it once, you don't, you know, like we don't like this whole idea of, you know, what, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Grice, you know, his story is, is Grice's story, but I, I, I can't imagine that, that this was, <laughs> this felt, this left like a good taste in Steve's mouth. But we continue uh, the post-game press conference, Jeff Blaschel, uh, throwing out there two quotes that I don't, I don't know where you're supposed to place the blame uh, because it also calls into question, do we even need a coach? But here's, here's the first one, Mike. <laughs> we're going to go, we're going to go in order of when they were actually said. So I'm actually, for anybody watching on YouTube, we're reading the second box there, but um, interesting comment from Jeff Blaschel. This is from Max Boltman, but of course, you know, th these are Jeff Blaschel's word in the press conference. We're just stealing from Max Boltman's Twitter, but thanks Max. Uh, I didn't love our vibe in practice, to be honest with you. I, I told the guys, I warned them, you can't turn the switch on. I just didn't love our vibe in practice, and I don't know why. It manifested itself here tonight. And I think a lot of that is calling into play, like getting absolutely shellacked in the first period. I mean, for the first five minutes, getting outshot like 15 to 2 or something like that. So <clears throat> I could disagree more with that. Yeah. I couldn't disagree more with that assessment, Jeff. Uh, we turned it off for the first period. And then in the third period, I, it looks like the boys looked at each yes. other and said, let's teach this old man how we do things downtown. <laughs> and then we flipped the switch and bingo, bingo, four goals. <laughs> Woo! Exactly. Like, not, so I, I think the question I want to ask, I think is pretty clear to everybody. But, Mike, I did yeah. want to bring that up, too, because clearly you can turn Nadelkovich, it on. By the way. Unfortunately, nobody told Nadelkovich. Wait, we're turning it off? What What do you mean you guys <laughs> turned it off? I gave up six goals tonight. <laughs> but you're right. Like, clearly, you can turn it on because the Red Wings just went ahead and flipped on five goals in the third period. And then and they like, all right. Off. Yep. Man, <laughs> you can turn it on and off, Jeff. So the players are clearly revolted. No. Um, but, like, whose job is it to fix this vibe? Whose job right? is it to turn on the Red Wings? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Because we got to yeah. turn them on for a full 60 minutes here. Who who did turn it on in the third period? Because if we're going to play that game, let's say it was turned on. Did Jeff turn it on? Because he's still be bewildered. Like, he still doesn't. He thinks they were turned off during that five-goal span. So he wasn't paying attention, number one. But, uh, like, what what happened there? I don't know. So, like, the question I wanted to ask was, like, is it the coach's job to make sure these guys' vibes are in check in practice? Now, I will say this. That's kind of silly. That a grown man is going to have all these other grown men, like, take a knee on the ice, and he's going to go, listen, guys, you're you're being 
you're all being pissy out here. <laughs> this, this steal from the dry side will come. Why are you guys all being pissy, huh? Like, uh, as, as much as I'd love to uh, see that go down and have that content, I think I, yeah. I was pretty... Uh, I was pretty open and honest with how I feel about adults talking to adults like that. And, um, you know, that's not how it flies. That's not how it works. And uh, I think I think the way Jeff described it, he probably wasn't as light and fluffy when he was telling the guys that you can't just turn it on when clearly they, they did. But, like, I, I, it's just so confusing because who, who snuffs out these vibes? Who creates good vibes? And it's, it's not anything I want to put the blame on one person, but it is odd that Jeff would call this out when clearly he is a major player in, in what goes on with this team and the vibe. And, and he's bringing along this culture of the Detroit Red Wings into the locker room, or at least that's what should be expected of a coach is, is to have some sort of, oh God, I hate the word vibe so much. It's the most over you, but this vibe has to start at least with the coach. So he can't just seem so bewildered as to where it came from. Um, and he also, calling that out in the press conference, also kind of dumb. No? Uh, I, I mean, this whole comment, I feel we've we've kind of debunked it because um, we've... <laughs> the evidence was literally in that game that he's talking about. Um I kind of, right. I kind of want to move on to, I want to move on to quote number two, man, and see so how we can I tie these together. Blashel says, "I think we had success by shooting pucks and scoring on tips and scoring on rebounds." And I don't know why, all of a sudden, once we got to that point where it's eight to seven or nine to seven, it felt like we decided to overpass. So I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to put a finger on again. Who, who is at fault when when Jeff brings this up? Because we're going to tie, I like how you, we're going to tie this all together. Who's at fault? You know, which adult is at fault? Is it the the adult who's the coach who needs to talk to other adults and say, hey, get your heads out of your asses? Or is it the adults who are played a lot, paid a lot of money and know this game like the back of their hand? Is it those adults who need to get their heads out of their own asses? Mike? I will say, and this is going to sound kind of crappy, but I, I will say for that issue, for that problem, it is on the players. It is not on the coach. However, my problem with this is why are both of these comments being brought up in the post-game press conference? And to Jeff's problem, like this is the real problem, in my opinion, as a leader, Jeff as a leader, this conversation goes to the players. This is a, this is him making excuses. This is him telling Max Boltman, it's not my fault. It's it's these guys. That. That major problem as a leader. Throwing around the blame. I will say again, who's gonna get vibes in check? It's these stupid, it's the players. If their vibes out of whack, like like Jeff says, though they're adults. Jeff has, he's making a good point. I will say in my opinion, they are adults. They need to get themselves in check. This, you know, all of a sudden they stopped whatever the strategy was supposed to be. If they made that call and it's not Jeff. 
Yeah, but if they're on the ice and not following like what was working and they're making decisions on the ice on their own. A lot of that, again, comes to the person making that decision. But the problem with a leader, with, with, you know, with a leader is when these excuses are being made. And Jeff is making the excuse that this isn't my fault. And I don't like that. Uh, I'm going to push back on that because I think what he's getting at is, um, you know, we had success by just shooting and going, you know, Wolverine wild in front of the net, just like an all out, you know, whack and mm-hmm. attack with, with, you know, little regard for, you know, how cute a play we can make. Right. Um, so if you're looking at the stat sheet, who was a part of that? That's a defenseman, Hironic getting credit. Uh, it's Carter Rowney, uh, the plant it's Joe Valeno. <laughs> Not a lot of skill. It's Rasmussen. We're still not convinced he has we any don't know skill. What's it's literally the boys who we know are out there doing the Wolverine hacking attack. So then when it started to become a close game again, uh, that's kind of when we saw, you know, more of the first and second line. Um, you know, Bertuzzi having, you know, he's definitely put this entire team on his shoulders to carry all of the scoring multiple times a season. Yesterday, not his game. He was negative four. Uh, plus minus no points somehow in a game where we got seven goals. Um, so I don't, I think what he's kind of alluding to is, you know, our, our top lines were getting a little too cute. Um, and they do have that ability to, uh, we're going to, I'm going to use that word again, be cute with the goal scoring. Um, uh, but it looked like there was more success with, you know, kind of that Wolverine hack attack, which I'm, I'm going to keep using that until everybody uses it. Um, good luck with that. I think it's more of a dig at, you know, the top lines, not necessarily just going out there and uh, doing more of a, a desperation uh, type of goal, which it looked like Toronto was you know, more than willing to give up, um, you know, the, the less pretty goals off of rebounds and scrapping. Um, so I, I, I don't want to say that it's necessarily on him that he's uh, trying to blame players, but I, I think it's... <sighs> It's it's in a in an indirect way, kind of crediting, um, you know, the unsung heroes, you know, the third and fourth line guys who 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 did contribute last night um, in the comeback and the first and second line, which it wasn't outside of Lucas, of course, um, not their not their greatest game, as evidenced by Bertuzzi, as evidenced by this this cute play that Flash was alluding to. Yeah, and I guess I mean I mean you make a solid point. It does call out then to to like if if we go in that direction, that does mean that Jeff just basically called himself out for not continuing to roll out four lines that was more successful, and he decided to change his own tactic because that 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 then we're trying to figure out like what did Jeff do wrong. There's another answer to that question, but again, I I think it's it, I I wouldn't push back on what you're saying. Um, and I, I think we tackled this in two different ways is where my head's at. I, I'm I'm trying to identify, like, everybody saw this and said, oh, Jeff, you're the one who's supposed to figure out these problems. I will say, I think it's still adults talking to adults. So at some point, you have to look at these guys and say they are playing a child's game. They are adults. They're getting paid a lot of money. There's only so much I can do here. And we, we should expect them to bring some sort of product to the ice but the delivery of these comments is my problem this this is definitely something where if i'm going to talk about a good leader this is not good leadership in any way shape or form the way that these comments were thrown out there 
And, um, you know, I know he was upset, but again, is that good leadership? You're upset. So you're going <laughs> to throw a chunk of guys under the bus. I don't know. Maybe that's the way that's supposed to work in hockey. Maybe I'm just calling out that I don't uh, like that it works that way. I I don't know. I think it's I think it's pretty tame. I think he just you know, I think he was upset because of the bad practice, and so he you know just stretched that out. Right. You know, but into that, the only way he really could, because he he's accountable. He gets asked yeah. those questions after every single game. Uh, why did you guys lose? Why did you play like crap on defense? Uh, why did the strategy change when, you know, it was a close game again? And I think he just kind of threw his hands up like, I mean, they didn't practice, so I figured we were going to lose today. Uh, why did we stop scrapping? You know, to throw out the classic Lashel face. Um, why did we stop scrapping? I don't know. Uh, it was pretty yeah. successful. I liked it a lot, but uh, not everybody wants to do some scrapping. So here we are at the other end of a 10 to 7 game. Yeah, I guess there, there's definitely a point to that, too. I, I still say uh, there, there's a lot to this that just causes a lot of eyebrow raising. And that should be job number one is to limit the eyebrow raising. And no matter what direction we tackle this, we're raising our eyebrows and we're like, what the what is he talking about? So I, I think uh, I think maybe we can agree upon that and we should try and limit the eyebrow raising, which is that prevented when he makes this call, you know, with five minutes to go and he gets his go he gets his boys together and says, hey, guys, do you remember how we made this close? Let's let's try and do that. Um, or, you know, these vibes before needs to be handled. Uh, you know, I don't know. They need a team building exercise. I don't know. This stuff does work. It's a long season. It is. All right. Quick question, Mike. Should should they, I mean, like, is there any way to solve this issue uh, where last year we were almost done with the season, right? We played 56 games. Um, and this year we still got another almost 30 games to play. Do we have 30 games to play? How many games have we played so far? Um, I don't know. We're around there. Let's just say that. Yeah. Playoff seating looks like it's done. On either side. Yeah, we're at There's like games. one or two questions. Like, what, what are we doing? What are we doing for another 30 games besides collecting more ticket revenue? Um, I got to say, even from a podcast perspective, like I've kind of looked at these next 30 games and I've gone, oh my God, what? Anything we talk about will be a regurgitation of a previous episode. <laughs> right? And that's for most content creators at this point. So I, yeah. I just, I know what we're doing. I'm arguing like, oh, the owners shouldn't make as much money and they shouldn't play 82 games, but that's never going to happen. But I just, it's an interesting topic brought up on another podcast. And I was kind of thinking about it like, yeah, um, these guys were talking about the long season from playoff contender perspective. I'm thinking of it from our perspective. We're just trying to figure out where we're going to land for a draft lottery. Uh, we've, we've got absolutely nothing going at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I it's, a, it's an interesting thing to bring up. Maybe maybe us continuing to bring it up will uh, will, will cause something good to happen. Um, I mean, the, the one of the solutions is you pull back uh, and do like another series, right? You do seventy two games in the regular season and maybe throw in another playoff series, another play in to the playoffs, right? There's there's a solution. Now you have only twenty games left for Red Wings fans. 
And then these other playoff teams can get, oh, oh or shoot, or we get a playoff chance, or we, we sneak in, right? Um, make it a little bit more interesting at the end than having it just be slogging through these 30 games. Yeah, that's uh, two things the NBA is playing with. I mean, they're already doing their play-in tournament, so the ninth and 10th seeds in each conference have a shot to be in the playoffs. And then they're also, I think, next season or the year after that, they're thinking about a mid-season tournament, which... I have no idea what the point of it is yet. Um, I don't even think they do yet, but they sense that there's too many regular season games and the players don't care as much every game. So what do we do do to make them care and make fans want to buy tickets? So Um, last, uh, I think our last topic, uh, Verana update. Uh, He's getting some uh, physical play now in practice, but uh, no, no timeline. Uh, so I guess just one of those things where we can start to, you know, peak. Um, if there's anything for us to look forward to in these last 30 games, like I just mentioned, it's it's that debut of Verona. Uh, it is funny. I was hoping that we'd get like 40 games out of uh, Verona. But uh, yeah, now we're we're really, <laughs> we're really cutting it close. And this lack of timeline has me a little worried that we might still... I, I yeah, said it I really did think, we might, we still I did might think not we'd get a Verona. sample size of Verona being on the team. So we could almost think about being buyers at the deadline, but it almost feels like Eiserman's waiting, you know, for it to be too late before yeah. giving them the green light to start playing again. Obviously that's, you know, not really the case. It's up to team doctors and how Verona feels. Um, but it, it just feels like that um, it's going to be too late by the time he comes back. Uh, Cause looking at the standings, we were so concerned about Boston uh, Boston is now the seventh seed, um, and the eighth seed is now Washington, and the ninth seed is Columbus, and then there's Detroit. Um, so we'd have to leapfrog two teams, and Washington is ahead of us by oh, 13 points. Uh, we do have one game in hand, but doesn't doesn't look good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're just Plus. playing. We're just playing for uh, um, draft lottery seeding. At this point, well, we, we've all we'll play this game real quick too. Uh, Wings and, and Hurricanes coming up on Tuesday, I believe, off the top of my head. Um, this is the uh, Jay Fresh uh, team team uh, team versus team matchup board, um, if I may. Mike, we've played this game. We've gotten some games right. Uh, clearly, it was a lot easier to pick Toronto and Colorado, and uh, you know, wasn't really shaking. I'd much prefer that we were wrong, uh, but we we're right, and we got the Rangers game right. Uh, but here is another representation of a game where we should get absolutely lunched. And we've got another one coming up after that, but that'll go into our next episode. Mike, is there anything here on this board? Uh, Again, we're looking at um, the rankings between Carolina Hurricanes and the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, From five-on-five actual perspective, uh, expected perspective, special teams, from both power play and penalty kill. Mike, Carolina has the advantage in every facet of the game. We couldn't even say that about the Colorado board or the Toronto board, but Carolina has us beat. Mike, is there anything besides a shutout from Nadelkovich or Grice that gets us a win against Carolina? Which, according to this board, is not very likely. Yeah, I mean... We, you know, we, we touched on it, I think, about 15 minutes ago about, uh, obviously, the goaltending statistics have uh, floundered, to put it nicely, or started to sink 
um, if you're going to be uh, uh, a little more aggressive in your critique. Um, and I mean, this it, part of it is this is one of the toughest, maybe the toughest part of the Red Wings schedule. Um, you know, where they after we played Philly back to back, which was like, wow, maybe this this is pretty nice. You know, we're, we're not too bad. And then uh, at Minnesota, we had a very competitive Rangers game. Um, and then Colorado, Toronto, now Carolina. Then we're going to be playing Tampa. Um, and all these teams are not just, um, like, uh, you know, very, much more talented than us. They're also playing for playoff seeding. Um, so, you know, they're they're hungry and they are licking their chops seeing a, a, a ripe Red Wing team um, who uh, apparently loves turning the switch off. Um, so it, it it's... Uh, <laughs> You know, maybe maybe we'll have some heroic games. Um, you know, I don't think Bertuzzi's going to have another, you know, minus four game where he doesn't show up on the stat sheet. That's very uncharacteristic of him. Um, but, I mean, outside of one of those games where, you know, Bertuzzi or, or Larkin shoulders the load for the whole team, whew, it's, uh, this is, this is, this is the part of the schedule when we saw that they'd start trickling back down in the standings. And, uh, I don't know if we've seen anything to really make us think that that's not going to be the case. So this is a really, really good team. Uh, this is a very, very 500 team uh, at home um, at Little Caesars. Um, I would not put a lot of pennies on the, the Red Wings. Uh, maybe a, a, a penny if I found it on the ground. I would <laughs> I would not be betting for our, our beloved team. Now, uh, to that point, Mike, I am going to a game in the month of March. Looking at that schedule, can you pick which game Matt is going to because he wanted to see a win? Um, I'm going to guess that Matt is trying to go to the Flyers game. Ooh. Okay, that's an okay pick. Coyotes, uh, Tuesday, March 8th. Matt's going to wow. be there. You guys can come. Uh, if you tweet at us, we'll, we'll, we'll hang out. We'll grab a beer. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I... Uh, I mean, you got to pick the oats, right? Like that—that has—that has to be a win. That's our one chance to get, like, guaranteed chance to get our head above water for a second. Uh, and then we're gonna have a great listen. episode afterwards. We're gonna be like, "Wow, wings listen, back at it!" Listen, I don't want to <laughs> spoil upcoming episodes, but I, you know, we just talked about what they went through in February, right? Yeah. Um, Minnesota Rangers, Avalanche, Toronto. Now to start March, it's Carolina, Tampa, Florida. And then the Coyotes, maybe a win. Back to Minnesota, Calgary. Uh, then you get the Oilers. Then uh, Canucks in Seattle. That might be our two chances at a win. Yep. Um, then you got Philly. Woo, maybe a three-game win streak. Then the <laughs> Islanders, four-gamer. We're back, baby. And then you close out the month with Tampa. Bam. Pittsburgh, bam. And then the Rangers will probably be on a revenge tour. Woo, this is, uh, is going to be a tough month. Uh, for the Red Wings. Great for our draft seeding, um, but not not great if you're trying to get wins. Yeah, uh, same thing will go uh, for, for April, too, especially with how many games we're playing. This um, Again, getting back to how rough the end of the season is going to be for us, it's going to hurt. All right. All those good vibes, Mike. We're bringing, we're bringing Tyler Bertuzzi vibes to the end of the show here. I'm just guessing it's Tyler because he was minus four and no points on the board and all the extra passing, I feel like, is kind of that second line's MO. He's due a bad chemistry. game or two. I mean, 
Right. You know, we can't yeah, it's enough. Fine. He's carried us. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to harp on that. But yeah, um, let's, yeah, I think we're good. Shout out, shout out to Salty Wings and Avs fan, Kanye Souvenir, Brad. Um sorry, we we kept we really kept the conversation to just ranting ourselves today. Um, I see you guys in the comments. Uh, I apologize we didn't really come to you. Uh, City City Life Project. Um, it's a good conversation about uh, Heronic or, uh, or, or or should you keep Heronic? Is Lindstrom definite moving forward? He did have, have a rough game. Um, but yeah, pretty much everybody on the left side of the defense is gone. Uh, that kind of comes back to our conversation about Verona. Are we going to be waiting till March 21st? Uh, not that whole care about those defensemen, but are we going to be moving some forwards? And that's when Verona gets slotted back in. Who knows? Um, but we'll, you know, we'll see. Keep an eye on Verona. Keep an eye on this, uh, for sure. Rough patch coming through <laughs> and, uh, we'll cross our fingers, but we will see you guys Wednesday night. Uh, if you guys are still tuning in right now, if you could do us a huge favor, hit that like button at the uh, bottom, right right underneath Mike. It's underneath Mike. Uh, hit the thumbs up, I mean. Uh, if it's your first episode, you had a little bit of fun listening to a couple guys rant about the Red Wings, uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We'll be here every Sunday and Wednesday. And, of course, we come at you with our fun size episodes as well. Um, and you guys don't want to miss the end of the season where, I, uh, Mike, I think we should have some friends over. And we're going to play our uh, end-of-season rankings with Little Caesars Pizza. So if you don't want to miss that episode with a couple of our friends coming over, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe they write for The Athletic. Maybe oh. they write for uh, that uh, Wings. What's the... Oh, my God. Completely left me. Jake Rivard. Um, we'll throw... Oh. I... <laughs> We'll throw out those invitations. So you don't want to miss those episodes. So hit the subscribe button so you don't miss them. Um, but yeah, if uh, you guys do have a second Apple podcast, if you could hit uh, that subscribe rate and review for us, does us a world of good. Um, and then Spotify as well. And I, I'm telling you guys, I know I'm asking a lot. I know uh, Apple podcast isn't really everybody's bag, but anybody can do it. You can just go to Apple podcast. You can set up an account. Do us that huge favor. Cause every time we get a review, our listener base I'm not kidding. It doubles. So do us a huge favor. Um, if you guys have a second, we'd really appreciate it. If you've had like modicum of fun uh, along the way here, uh, we'd really appreciate it. I'm going to get this under an hour. So everybody, thanks for coming along and we'll see you guys uh, Wednesday night. Toodles. Toodles.